Um, what I want to do tonight is share with you specific prayer keys. We're talking about keys and gates. We've been talking about that for two days now. And these are specific prayers that you can pray for yourself, for your family, for the unsaved, for your business, for your nation. And they're prayers that are straight out of the New Testament. It's not, one of the things that I always go back to, why would I want to pray my own words if I can pray the words of God? And so I, I pray, most of the time when I'm praying, I am praying the word. And I'm trying to pray the specific prayers that are prayed in the Bible. Forgive me here for a second. I've got to shut something off here that keeps trying to get in the way. There we go. Am I on? You all right? Okay, good. All right. Let's just hit that and get rid of that. All right. If you have your Bible, we'll turn to 1 John 5. And this is, this is my foundation for prayer. And it'll be up on the screen. All these prayers will be up on the screen. So I, I would uh, urge you to, to write down these references. Now, also, um, I will be giving all of these. Uh, in fact, they have them already. Uh, if, they want, if it wants to be printed out or maybe emailed to you, getting them off the web or whatever. These are so important. These, I, I've been praying these prayers for over 40 years over myself, my family. It's what saved our lives literally more than once. Uh, pulled my son out of drugs, my, sis, my, my uh, youngest daughter out of a promiscuous lifestyle. And it's in the works of pulling my oldest daughter out of the LGBT lifestyle. Okay, so I understand the pain people can go through. I understand uh, that families can be messy. Life can be messy. But the great thing is we have such a cleanup system in the word of God. All right. So let's read this. It says, this is the confidence which we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests we have asked of him. When I read this some 40 years ago, I said, well, I never have to wonder about whether God heard me if I pray his word. Right? And if I never have to worry about whether he heard me, I never have to worry about whether he said yes or not. I wrote, actually wrote a newsletter one time. This is decades ago. And I said, how you can always get a yes from God. It was the first time I got hate mail. And I was just quoting the scripture. See, that says, this is our confidence. Don't you want to pray with confidence? That if we pray, ask anything according to his will, is his word not his will? Of course it is. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, because we're praying the word, we know. We don't wonder. We're not in doubt. We know that we have the requests we have asked from him. Is that true? Of course it is. It's the word of God. That's true. That means as long as I'm praying the word of God, I know he heard me and therefore I have what I've asked for. Now the problem is he always doesn't tell us how long it's going to take. Right? He doesn't say that he won't do it, but sometimes he doesn't tell us how long it will take. Uh, how many of you ever had a prophetic word given to you? Raise your hand real high. Wave it like this. Okay, just, that's the vast majority of you. 
How many of you have a prophetic word that was given to you and hasn't come to pass yet? That's about everybody who raised their hand the first time. And my hand, I'm waving my hand. I have, I have prophecies that were given to me over about 45 years ago that I'm still standing on. And I'm praying those prophecies as the will of God. Are you listening? I'm praying those prophecies because the Bible says, believe the prophets and live. I believe the prophets. I believe the people who bring prophetic words. Now, I test the words to make sure that the Lord, once I find out, yes, that's the Lord. Man, I'm praying that as if it's the will of God for me, and therefore he heard me, and therefore I have what I'm asking for. One of the first prophecies I ever received, and that I prayed for a long time, was that... I would write books and I would travel the world teaching his word. I had been a Christian, I mean a a really dedicated Christian for about two months. I didn't write, my, my first book was written five or six years later. And I don't think I, the book went around the world, I didn't. But since then, but since then I have. So that was a prophecy, but I would take that prophecy as if it was the word of God and I would speak it, I would pray it every day. Lord, thank you that I'm writing books, that I'm traveling the world, I'm preaching your word. Because I knew that was his will, therefore it has to happen. Right? 1 Timothy 1.18 says, Take the prophecies previously made concerning you and fight the good good fight of faith with them. And don't be like those who haven't. And you can read the rest of the verses. Doesn't turn out well for them. But we're to take prophecy and we're to take the word, we're to take the word of God and proclaim it, declare it, use it as a weapon against our enemy. The word of God is what? It is a sword. Why would you need a sword? Because you have an enemy. So when you speak the word, you need to understand that that word, that that sword is very real and it hurts him. The devil does not stand around and go, yeah, good luck, you know, that won't hurt me. No, he's afraid of the word of God. He's deathly afraid of it. He knows what it says. That's why he tries to pervert it and make it of no effect in people's lives because he doesn't like that sword. But when you pray in the will of God, you are attacking him every time you pray. And that that sword hurts. Matthew 9, 36-38. Seeing the people, he felt compassion on them. Because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech, pray, beg the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. This is the first time Jesus gave us a prayer. This is a prayer you should pray. When I first read this, every, I mean, for 40 years I've been praying, Lord, send laborers into the field. Send more laborers into the field. Send more today than you sent yesterday. And you can pray that over your family. I mean, I pray it over my children. I pray it over my, I have some unsaved in-laws. That's my prayer. Lord, send laborers into their field, into their lives who will preach the gospel. But then I follow it up with this prayer. Romans 15, 
verses 5 and 6. Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another according to Christ Jesus so that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. As believers, once we've got them in the kingdom, we need to be coming into one accord. So that's a prayer that I begin to pray. We've got to be of one mind and in one accord. What happened in the upper room on the day of Pentecost when they were of one mind and in one accord? The Holy Spirit fell, came with a rushing mighty, a sound of a rushing mighty wind. Fire came all over everyone. Listen, it wasn't just a little lighter, you know, little flame like this. It said it sat on them. It sat on them. It just came right into their laps and enveloped them. You see, when I, when I look at how God does things, I look at how he does things all the way through the Bible. And when he took the children of Israel into, through the promised land, there was a pillar of fire and a pillar of smoke. See this pillar right here? That's nothing compared to what that pillar was. The pillar of fire was probably a mile high. Spread out over all of Israel to keep them all warm at night. The clouds spread out. It was a pillar and yet it spread out. Ever seen a cloud and a pillar? Everybody ever seen? I've never seen one. Except maybe when smoke machines are going. Okay. But he said there's a pillar of fire. So I look at that and go, well, God, you're amazing. That is such a spectacular thing. Why would we think that when it comes down to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon those who have been born again, it's going to be a little Bic lighter thing on their head? He's going to make, he's going to envelop, he comes and sits on you. You can think about this. <clears throat> Thousands of people ran to that event. They heard it from, and, they, and then they got, and they probably saw the flames when they got there. And then they hear all these people speaking in tongues. And say, what's going on there? <clears throat> now think about this. There's a minimum of 3,000 people there. They all hear themselves. They all can hear their own tongue, their own language. There's 120 people speaking. So let's just take this section right here. Maybe 40, 50 people here. If all of you started speaking in tongues at the same time at the top of your lungs, do you really think the guy 3,000 people back can hear and understand his language out of the middle of that? That's impossible. <clears throat> That's the supernatural aspect of praying and releasing the power and the will of God. So when he says, I want you to be of one, one mind and in one accord so that, look at this, let me say this again. The God of perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind and with one another according to Christ Jesus so that with one accord you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We were doing that a few minutes ago. We were in one accord, we were glorifying the, the God of heaven and guess what? He loved it. We blessed him. We blessed him. I'm standing just listening. I, I'm so blessed, but I'm going, how are you liking this? He's going, oh, I love it. You know, it's times like that you need to, you need to hook into the Lord. What, what's he feeling? Listen, he's, he's a papa. We're his kids. How many parents are in the room? How many parents? 
Okay, a lot of them. When your kids or your grandkids are blessing you, they're, doing, they're telling you they love you, they just come up and give you a kiss. What does that do for you? I mean, what does it do for your heart, right? And he, that's what he's saying here. You glorifying the God of heaven, he loves that. Now, this is what we're talking about here is apostolic prayers. Apostolic, as we talked about this afternoon, it's transformational. We're changing the culture. These are prayers that will change the culture, change the atmosphere, change your life, change Harare, change Zimbabwe, change Africa, change the world. That's why they're in here. Okay, now that's just, the, these are just introductory prayers. Here's, the, here's where we get into the prayers now. Ephesians chapter 1, 17 through 23. For this reason I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus which exists among you and your love for all the saints, I do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. Here's how he prayed. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit, give you, This is something you can have. Okay, now you already have the Holy Spirit, but this is an addition to that. Give you a spirit of wisdom and a revelation in the knowledge of him. And I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. I'm telling you, You pray that prayer over yourself, over your family, every day. You are praying the will of God, therefore he hears you, therefore he gives you what you've asked. You will change. You cannot stay the same because the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God will come upon you. Your eyes of your heart, your inner man will be enlightened so that you can see. And look at what he says you're going to see. That your heart, so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. What does that mean, the hope of his calling? What is the hope of his calling? What's your calling? What's your calling? He's saying, I'm going to enlighten your eyes so that you know the hope of your calling. What's the, I have a hope. The Lord told me years ago to begin to teach purpose and destiny, biblical kingdom purpose and destiny. Not the gobbledygook that's taught by most, but real scripture-based, you know, what is the kingdom about, and who are you, where are you supposed to be, and what are you supposed to do? And I had, I had an encounter one day where I was, uh, it was actually when my son was deep into the drug world, and it was a horrible time for our family, and he, I, he was having me rewrite my first book, which was, my first book was called How to Find Your Purpose in Life, the second book was going to be called Purpose, Destiny, and Achievement. And I was in the middle of writing that book and I was so overwhelmed by how difficult our life was with our son. I mean, he was in and out of jail. He, it, was, it was a horrible time. That I put my head down on my, my computer desk. I said, God, I am not the guy to write this book. I said, my family's a mess. My son's crazy, demon-possessed. And I said, purpose and destiny is hardly what we're living right now. I put my head down. I was instantly in heaven. And I'm standing at the, the judgment seat of Christians. And we're not going to be judged, but there is accountability. And he's, the Lord is about where our brother is right here. And then where our brother here is, is a man, fa- and they're facing each other. And I'd be standing right about here. And Jesus leans forward. He's sitting on the throne. He leans forward and said, why didn't you do what I made you for? 
And this man is so broken. I knew he was a Christian. He's in his 30s. He's, you know, he's weeping. He's so broken because he knows he didn't do what he was on the planet to do. And I'm, my heart's just breaking. He, here's what he says. He goes, I didn't, know how to, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to find it out. I would have. I just didn't know. Then all of a sudden, like a curtain parted, and I saw, as far as I could see, a sea of people, all ages, all races, both genders, and they're all exactly in the same place that man is, weeping and crying, saying, we didn't know how to find out. And I'm, I'm looking at this, and I'm, my heart's broken. I'm like, oh, this is so horrible. Then the Lord, he turns to me, and he points his finger at me. He says, why didn't you tell them? Back in my body. Can I tell you, I have never lacked motivation since that day. <laughs> and so now I have dozens of books and curriculums and CDs and DVDs and uh, my materials are all over the world. What I'm saying here is I know the hope of my calling. You know what the hope of my calling is? My hope is that all those people I saw on that vision will stand there and go, I found my purpose. I found my calling and I lived it. That's my hope of my calling. Then he says, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in, in the saints. Where is the riches of the glory of his inheritance? In you. You have to have that revelation. And that's what you have to pray. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that the riches of the glory of your inheritance is in people. It's in your body. That changes your perspective on the people you are around in the body of Christ. Because you see them as the inheritance. It is the riches of his glory. It's in each one of us. I always say it this way. You know, we're all part of one big diamond called the body of Christ. And each one of us is a little facet, a little, you know, a little cut in that diamond. And we reflect the Lord in a way that no one else can. Each of us reflects the Lord in a way no one else can. So that's that uniqueness the, the world needs. The surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. I think that's the easiest of the three. Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. That he would grant you, here's the prayer, according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with, the pow with power through his spirit in your inner man. So that... Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge and that you may be filled to all the fullness of God. Listen, you pray that prayer every day on purpose, meaning it, do you really think you're going to stay the same? You see how much is in? This, these are the prayers, listen, if these are the prayers that God inspired a man like Paul to pray over the church, which is you and me, don't you think we should pray the same thing? This is, this is powerful. This is the will of God. This is, these are prayers that God prayed. Paul may have written them down, but God prays them over us. So we should do the same. These are keys into every heart. This is the way you reach people. It, it isn't, you know, when I, in the Jesus movement, every, there was somebody every day coming up giving you the four spiritual laws or had a Bible or, the, you know, they're trying to tell you about Jesus. And there, it, there was no relationship evangelism. 
It was all just in your face all the time. Some of it was good, some of it was bad, but it was there all the time. What God's looking for is, is relational evangelism. Like Paul, he's saying, look, I love you guys. This is what I want to see happen. I want, you, I want all of this happening on the inside by the power of the Holy Spirit so that you know all these things. This is the kind of prayer we, we need to pray. Listen, I have, my wife has two sisters who have yet to meet Jesus. They're on the way, but they're kicking and screaming all the way. But they don't have a chance because we've been praying these kinds of prayers over them since we got born again. 40 years. They don't have a chance. I'm not, I, my faith is, hey, listen, I'm snatching you out of the flames. You know, we're in heaven, you know, and, and the back, your backside's still smoking. You're going to be happy. <laughs> Philippians 1.9. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment. So that you may, so there's two things going on. First he says, we need your love to abound so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. Love is how you become excellent, sincere, and blameless. Having been filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So you pray, you pray these prayers, not God, please do this for me. You pray these prayers as if it's already done. You pray it in the positive. You pray it in, in the, almost the past tense. You'd make these as declarations over yourself. Okay, yeah, we pray, and I pray, Lord, I want you to do this for this person. I thank you that it's done. I thank you that they don't have a chance. You're, you're, hap- you're doing this because this is your will. So I know it's done. Colossians 1, 9 through 11. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that... You will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, please him in all respects, bear fruit in every good work, and increase in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. For me, the the prayers in Ephesians chapter 1 and Colossians chapter 1 are the big ones. They pretty much cover everything. So you don't have to, I'm giving you about a dozen different prayers here, maybe more. Those two, if you just go after Ephesians chapter 1 and, and Colossians chapter 1, the prayers that we've, we've just, the one I just read and the ones we read just a moment ago, you'll take care of pretty much everything. These are, uh, Ephesians is my favorite book in the whole Bible. Colossians is close. Thank you. These are the prayers you want to be praying. And remember, prayers aren't just begging and asking God. Prayers are declarations. Prayers are worship. Prayers are thanksgiving. Okay? It's not just, Jesus, give me this. Colossians 4, verses 3 through 4. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving, praying at the same time for us as well. That, and these are prayers you should pray over leaders all the time, that God will open up to us a door for the words so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ for which I have been imprisoned, that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. 
You know, if you have trouble speaking, you have trouble articulating the gospel, just pray this prayer over yourself on a daily basis. If you have trouble, you know, being, being that verbal witness, you know, I really do like the thing is that every day you should be a witness for Christ and, and share the gospel and sometimes use words. Your life should speak louder than your words. But if you're someone who needs to articulate, you need to be able to speak clearly, this is a great prayer to pray over yourself every day. Lord, I thank you so that I can speak clearly and present clearly what I ought to take the mysteries of God and explain them in a way people can understand. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, is very familiar. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit, your soul, and your body be preserved. Think of what he's saying. That your spirit, soul, and body, this physical body, be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you plan on being here when Jesus returns, not that any of us know exactly when that is, but it's coming. This is a prayer you should pray every day. I want my spirit, soul, and body to be complete and blameless when he shows up. For his sake. I mean, for, for him. Because I'm thankful for what he did. This is, this is just, you know, in, in Romans chapter 1, verse 1, where it says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice of worship. You need to check yourself out sometime and go, okay, is, is my physical body a worship unto God? I'll just leave that right there. Second Thessalonians 1, 11. To this end also we pray that you always, for you always, that our God will count you worthy of your calling. Is that a big prayer? Whew. Worthy of your calling. And fulfill every desire for goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that not great? That you will be counted worthy, that you'll have, a, a, fulfill every, he wants to fulfill, this is God saying this to you, okay? Please hear this. God wants to fulfill every desire for goodness and the work of faith with power that you have. So when you begin to pray, God, I thank you. That your desire is my desire. To fulfill everything I want to do. And I want to do it by faith with power. I, that's what you want. That's what I want. You know, I can hear some people saying right now. Yeah, well, I don't, you know, I, I don't really know whether I want to do that or not. You know, I'm just me. I'm so humble. And I don't really care whether I remember wealthy. I don't care whether I have a lot of money. As long as I got enough to take care of me, I'm fine. You find that in the, in the New Testament for me. Find that. He says, I want you to have an abundance for every good deed. If you have a survival mentality where all you're thinking about is taking care of myself, as Pastor Tom said earlier today, me, my four, and no more, you are the most selfish person on the planet. <clears throat> We're not called to survive. We're called to thrive and share and give with abundance for every good deed. And I'm not just talking about money. So you should be ready to heal the sick and raise the dead and cleanse the lepers and cast out demons. All of that. That's all part of it. You need to be praying prayers like this for that to happen. 
2 Thessalonians 3, 1 and 2. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord will spread rapidly and be glorified, just as it did also with you, and that we will be rescued from perverse and evil men, for not all have faith. Is that a good prayer to pray in Zimbabwe right now? You have permission to be rescued from perverse and evil men. This is your prayer. I'm telling you, these prayers are the keys to unlock the blessing of God here in Zimbabwe. He said, look, pray this prayer to be rescued. This is a rescue prayer. This is the will of God. I will rescue you. I want you to be saved and and rescued from perverse and evil men. He wants that. You have to you have to declare it. You have remember we are the ones who open the gates so the king of glory comes in. This is how you do it. This is exactly how you do it. This is just fun. Philemon 6. And I pray that the fellowship of your faith may become effective through the knowledge of every good thing that is in you in Christ for Christ's sake, that the fellowship of your faith, now that's our collective faith, becomes effective. That means it's doing what we want it to do through the knowledge of every good thing that's in you. You have to have understanding. You have to have knowledge of what's in you. Where do you get that? You read this word. You pray these prayers. You expect the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. This is how it works. This is not hard. I mean, it's pretty easy. We're just talking about, I just have to get up and pray and just believe what, I'm, what, what, Lord, what the Lord said. I just have to believe that every one of these prayers is his will. And when I pray it, he hears me and then he gives it to me. It's, it's, you know, that's not, nobody's asking you to go swim across the Atlantic Ocean. They're just, saying, just, just speak. Just pray these prayers. And here's the great thing. Every good thing which is in you for Christ's sake. All of these things that are in us, all of the amazing things that we have in, in the kingdom of God are in us for what? For his sake. To, be turn, to turn around, and I've been praying this prayer, Lord, every, every, Lord, I want my life to be a thank you, a praise, and a worship to you every day. That's what I want. That requires me to do some things, but I'm happy to do them. Hebrews 13, 20 through 21. Now the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you, here's the prayer, equip you in every good thing. Now didn't we just read that, every good thing? You know what I love about God? He loves to speak in absolutes. Every, all, I, I did a message one time on that. I read a list of about 50 times, 50 words that God uses that are absolutes about, over us. Equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. How many of you want to be pleasing in the sight of God? Here's your prayer. Here's the prayer. You pray this every day. I, Lord, I want to please you. Because he says, you know what, I'll do that. I will, he will work it in us to please him. <laughs> is that amazing? He is, he can, I don't know how much more he can do for us. 
saying, look, I'm going to, if you pray in my will, I'm going to hear, I'm going to give it to you, and here's what, I'm going to give you my will to pray. I'm going to even give you the prayers to pray. And I'm going to give you everything you need. This is amazing. And we sit around and go, God, why aren't you doing something? It's all right here. He said, well, just, my will's there. If you just ask me, if you just declare this word, I'm going to give it to you because that's what I do with my will. But we don't want to sit around, we don't want to do the work to dig this out and then get up maybe in the middle of the night and pray that prayer over our children because they're fighting some sickness. But if we will, he will. Here's the last one. 3 John 2. Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. That, you cannot beat that prayer. This is the will of God. This is the will of God. People, if you ever wondered whether God wanted you to prosper, that's all you need to know is right there. Now the Bible is filled with it, but that's enough. I pray, this is God speaking to you, that above everything, you are prospering and you're in health. Above everything. Now why would he say that? You know, first time I read that, I go, what? I, I usually ask the questions when I'm reading the Bible. Why did you say it that way? What do you mean? He said, and here's what the Lord said to me. He said, if you're sick and poor, you can't really do much, can you? I said, yeah, you got that right. Exactly. We're not supposed to be sick and poor. And then he qualifies it into your soul. So your mind, your will, and your emotions should be just as prosperous. That means you're not sitting around depressed and thinking suicide. That means you're not having to be on all kinds of drugs to keep you from, you know, diving into depression and going and blowing something up. Uh, Really. He's saying I want you to prosper in every area of life. That word prosper actually means to have a good journey. You can't have a good journey if you're sick and poor and your soul is a mess. Now, if you're sitting here, and I'm sure there are some that are, and you're, you know, your life is upside down, and you know, you're just depressed and you're, you're down, you don't have to stay that way. You do not ha- that is not the will of God for you, and you can be set free from that. And there are people in this amazing church that can help you do that, and I would say, please, in fact, I know there's some, someone over here. You have that. It, you're, it's, it's just a, such a heaviness. You can be set free from that. Amen. So after the service, you make sure you grab one of the, the pastors and you, and you have them pray for you. You can get free from that. You don't have to be that. So there's one more thing that I want, one more scripture that I want to read to you that is not going to be up on the screen. This is in Nehemiah. This Pastor Tom was ministering to us so wonderfully from yesterday. Nehemiah chapter 3. Listen to this. Verse 29. And then Zadok the son of Emmer carried out repairs in front of his house. And after him Shemaiah the son of Shechaniah the keeper of the east gate carried out repairs. This is about a gatekeeper. The gatekeeper of the eastern gate, which most people believe is the gate that the Lord is going to come through when he returns. It's the one that's sealed up. Don't you love that? 
a bunch of men get together and say, let's just put a bunch of bricks right here. That'll stop God. <laughs> Whatever. But the keeper of the eastern gate, the golden gate, Shemaiah, you know what his name means? God has heard. You want to open the gate for the Lord, the King of glory to come in, the eastern gate, the one that he's going to come through, any gate that he wants. He said, look, you're the gatekeeper. I will hear you. In fact, he puts it in the past tense. I already heard you. There, what the scripture says, before we ask, he's already heard. He's already answered. As long as we're praying in his will, right? And that's what we've done here tonight. All I did was read scripture to you. But these are the keys that will unlock any gate you need in your life. Anything. Anything. And use them that way. These are so powerful. Yeah, give the Lord a hand. Absolutely. Thank you, Jesus. You are the voice of the word of God in the earth. Psalm 103, about verse 22, says the angels of God mightily in their strength hearken and obey and mightily do what we say because we are the voice of his word. We are the gatekeepers. God has heard us when we pray in his will. This is how you do it. This is not rocket science. This isn't like, oh, some spooky thing. You push buttons, one, two, three, and God pops out. That's not what this is. Okay? This is just... Prayers that he said, if you'll pray these, you're praying in my will, and I'll give you exactly what you pray for. I mean, I don't know how easy, much easier it can be. But you have to be completely focused that you believe it. And then work it. Take these keys and use them every day. Ask the Lord for more and more revelation on every one of them all the time. Okay, you can do this. I, I am so convinced that Zimbabwe is going to open and the king of glory is going to come in. I am so convinced of that. Because, you know why? It only takes two. How many are in this room? Let me pray for you. Father, I ask... Just as you said, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you would be upon us all. That you would enlighten the eyes of our heart so we can see, we can know. The hope of our individual callings. The riches of the glory of your inheritance that's in each one of us. The surpassing greatness of your power, the very power that you used to raise Jesus from the dead is toward us. And Lord, that when we begin to pray these prayers and you hear and you do, that we give you the glory, that we give you the glory, that men see our good works and glorify you. Lord, we want to snatch people from the flames of Hades and hell. Father, according to your word, you said that the God of this world blinds the minds of people to the glorious light of the gospel. But you told us we have authority over all this power, so help each one of us to pray that prayer. 
We forbid the God of this world to blind the minds of those around us. We forbid them to blind the minds of those in Zimbabwe to the glorious light of the gospel. And we say, Holy Spirit, reveal yourself to them. Bring your glory. Bring your presence, Lord. Help us to see the power that's in all of these words, that you are waiting for us to pray them so that you can do it. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.